Oh, that was a new one. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Recording in progress. Uh, hello, and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm joined, as always, by the Stormy Skies. Hello, listeners. And you, this past weekend, August 15th, or whatever day it was, you did a presentation at an academic conference on horror movies. Yes, yes, I did. That was... Uh... Yeah, you're right, the 15th, so it was a Sunday, and it was very early in the morning for the people that are living in Eastern Standard Time because it was hosted in British summertime time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it was a, week, a weekend-long conference called the Slasher Studies Summer Camp, and it was just literally people from all over the world coming together and talking about slasher movies, so really, really a cool time. Yeah, I bet it was, and the link to your presentation is available in your Instagram bio, correct? Yes, yeah, so right now, um, that's available in my Instagram bio. Um, I can make available uh, public links once I get them from the Discord for it uh for everybody for every panel but the Mm -hmm. link that's in my instagram uh it it's the facebook or the youtube live link that has my panel and then the panel that immediately follows mine which i'm the chair of and um that's panels i think 11 and 12 and um out of like 16 there's like so many panels so um i would have to see if i can get you like a link packet whenever that becomes available um if you want to share that for real horror show for people that are like definitely totally into watching people present on slasher films so cool um yeah if anyone is interested in doing that you will actually know my true identity they kind of know that if they've watched debatable they've at least seen our faces yeah i guess you're right yeah so if you guys have watched the debatable videos we are on video so you'll you'll actually you'll get to see her all made up and presentable yeah exactly yeah How so we're, we're, yeah versus like <laughs> yeah like 9 30 at night <laughs> we're just like trying to chill as opposed to like six o'clock in the morning when you're trying to chill but um yeah so you will see me and then it will have my legal name and i present uh for about 20 minutes uh, everybody presents for about 20 minutes and um but everything all, all the presenters are amazing their pre- presentation is extremely engaging everybody has a different thing to say every panel's about something that's a little different mine focus specifically on the final girl um but everything was it was super cool and we all were able to come together and we actually used Streamyard, which is the same thing that debatable uses yeah. so it was actually cool to see that i was familiar with that and I was like oh cool <laughs> yeah StreamYard is a really cool yeah, software legit. super legit and um yeah that, that was really cool uh not spons <laughs> yeah. um but this week we are here to get back into movie reviews by reviewing the fear street trilogy part one 1994 yes uh, Fear Street Part 1, 1994, is a 2021 American teen slasher film directed by Lee Janik with a script co-written by Phil Grazizine. I can't say names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a special weather statement in effect oh, for, shit. For, my, for my town. Not going to say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Strong thunderstorm. There, there's currently a thunderstorm going on, listeners, if you hear any rumbling in the background. 
Yes. Um, so it's based <laughs> on the series of the same name by R.L. Stein. It is the first installment of the Fear Street trilogy. The film follows a group of teenagers in Shady Sign. Shady side who are terrorized by an ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued the town for centuries. Yeah. And I know from reading the Wikipedia page while I was watching this, uh, the director took a lot of inspiration from Scream for the 1994 <laughs> segment. Yes. <laughs> and I, spoiler alert, I won't go into the other movies in this episode, but I have watched the whole trilogy because I was, oh. <laughs> I was engrossed with these movies. Nice. I thoroughly enjoyed them. Yeah, they were, they were all really solid and create a nice cohesive story. Excellent. Um, but you can really see that scream influence in the first 10 minutes of this movie with Maya Hawk being the uh, kind of bait and switch Drew Barrymore character. Mm-hmm. Maya Hawk, as we all know, was in Stranger Things, really beloved character. So, of course, you take that beloved character who you think is going to be the final girl and just slash her off. Yeah, we all love Maya Hawk because she is Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman's daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that? I thought I recognized her, but I wasn't too sure. Yeah, she's like was her. She's like the perfect genetic amalgamation of her parents. <laughs> I know it's really shocking how she looks exactly like both of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really cool. And I hope when they do kill Bill Three, oh, Quentin Tarantino yeah. just casts her as Uma Thurman's daughter. That would be only that would only make sense quentin so hopefully he's listening qt we want you to cast her please (laughs) yeah i really enjoyed this movie yeah yeah you know what um i thought it was really fun as well i do have a lot of things to say regarding um like the scream aspect how it was so similar i almost thought it was like a carbon copy at, at the start. That's my only thing I have to say. That's a bit negative. But yeah, other than that, this this movie, the way the only thing I have to say, like my my biggest um like uh the, the thing I liked the most is what I'm trying to say is um I thought it was so cool looking. They had these neon lights all yeah. the time in every single scene. I was like, this is so freaking cool. It looked fantastic. I think the cinematography was one of my favorite aspects of these kinds of movies because back in the day, the slashers weren't really thinking about all that. But these days, we can mm-hmm. think about that and think about making it look super cool. And it had its own style happening. And I really appreciated yeah. that. And I think that's something we can look forward to with more movies set back in the 90s for nostalgic purposes because the film shot in the 90s didn't really look back, weren't really thinking about the things that made their decade special or really cool. Mm-hmm. But looking back, we can be like, oh yeah, the fucking neon everywhere. Dude, that's yeah. going to look really awesome under a black light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Use that to our advantage when making these types of movies. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you that it was very carbon copy e of Scream down to the killer's getup. Yeah, and even down to, like, the music that was playing during, like, certain chase scenes and things like that. I was like, wow, this is, like, almost the same, like, soundtrack, if not changed up a little bit. And I was like, you guys can, like, I know they're trying to, you know, like, honor Scream in that way, but they can honor it and, like, kind of, and, like, utilize their own ideas plus Scream. But um, there, there is points where I was like, this is just 
scream, but right now. <laughs> yeah. In certain ports. But not not all of it. Sam's right. Mostly towards just the beginning. And then after after the beginning's through, we, we kind of get, you know, it's its own plot developing. Yeah, which the overall plot is very different from the screen. Very franchise. different. Yeah, very different, very special. And I'll stop talking about yeah. this stuff that's not acting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's break it down into characters and acting. Our main character is Dina, who is a lesbian. And she just <laughs> broke up with her girlfriend, Sam, which is going to get really weird. <laughs> because you're Sam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dina's brother. Yeah. And her friends, Simon and Kate, who sell mm-hmm. drugs. Yeah, I guess they do, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of getting confused as to what the drug thing was, but I it's probably because I wasn't paying attention during that Yeah, part. they sell drugs because they want to get out of Shadyside one day, which I can't imagine why. It seems like such a wonderful place to live. I know it's right next to Sunnyvale or Sunnyville or whatever. Yeah, which I really enjoyed that <laughs> aspect because it did kind of keep it tied to like the silliness that is R.L. Stein. Yeah. The book. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't take itself super seriously. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because there's a place in Pittsburgh called Shadyside. There's new, and it's like actually super hip <laughs> to like go to Shadyside. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's all I thought I could think of. So people aren't just getting murdered left and right. No, they go there to like have coffee, Sam, and then they later they can go to the gastro pub for dinner. <laughs> so Ooh. that's that's the type of place that Shadyside is now. Ooh, fancy. Super gentrified, but yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Those kinds of yeah. places. <laughs> um <But> anyway. <laughs> Maya Hawk is killed early in the movie, and the guy who kills her is also kill- killed early on. So Maya Hawk was great in the Drew Barrymore role. In fact, mm-hmm. I would say the way she was written, she was a little more empowered than the Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. character. She did put up a really good fight. Yeah, I really loved that sequence, despite the fact that it was similar to Scream. I loved it anyway. We're just kind of led to believe at first that this guy is just a serial killer like Billy Loomis and (laughs) that the sheriff saved the day. And I like the sheriff character. He's kind of charming, but young and stupid. Mm-hmm. like Dewey <laughs> yeah from the screen yeah but like a little bit more a little bit less silly like silly but like not as like goofy mm-hmm. as Dewey who acts like a little child <laughs> I love yeah. Dewey but you know what I mean and I think this whole movie is carried on the backs of Dina and her girlfriend Sam yeah they're the, yeah. the central focus of this movie their yeah. relationship and Dina wanting to not really get back together at first, but just be like, yo, what the fuck? I guess I was just a phase, huh? Mm-hmm. And then after a little accident, which it was going to end as an accident regardless, because mm-hmm. on their way back from a football game, because Dina's in the marching band and Sam's a cheerleader for the rival school now, uh, they're going to pour a bucket on her and her boyfriend's car of ice but instead just throw the whole bucket and so the car goes careening off yeah. the side of the road. But either way, I feel like that would have happened. It definitely would have happened if you like throw something on your windshield, like the Gatorade bucket, like you'll get like surprised <laughs> and like fuck around if you're a teenager and like turn the wheel all the way around like you're not supposed to, but that's just how teenagers drive. <laughs> they like mm-hmm. freak out. And I really enjoyed Dina's little brother, uh, 
He's my favorite character, dude. Yeah, he's he's, he's like the cute. Randy Meeks of Scream. If we're gonna continue kind of getting similarities from the characters, yeah, he's like Randy Meeks because uh, he was like the nerd researcher guy who like knew everything about not just not horror movies in this case, but the witch and all the serial killers or the mm-hmm. killings that have hap- been happening in Shadyside. I think his name is Josh, and I had some mild concerns about Josh's age because there is a scene. Oh. <laughs> like, not towards the end, but, like, maybe the fake-out end mm-hmm. um, where everybody has sex and or jerks it off in the bathroom. How old is he supposed to be? Because he gets boinked by Kate, who's definitely, he's, like, a junior <laughs> senior. He straight up looks like he's, like, 12 years old. But I know. you know what? I don't, I, at this point, he, I don't know how old he is. I'm just gonna <laughs> hope, I'm gonna hope. I won't say he's a freshman in high school because seniors and freshmen are weird together. Yeah. I didn't notice it when I was in high school when my freshman friends were dating seniors, but I see it now as an adult. <laughs> Stop it. Messed up. <laughs> um, I'll say he's a sophomore and she's a senior. Senior. Yeah, she's upperclassman. That's a little better. He's at least a few months away from getting his learner's permit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, I liked everyone in this cast. Yeah, me too. I, I did like everybody. Um, they all had first, really yeah. great chemistry. <laughs> yeah, they definitely did. Um, at first I thought that Dina was like, like way crazy and mean because all she did was like freak out all the time. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) I was like, she's intense. But, um, once she, once we see her with Sam, we see her soften up. Yeah. um, Once, once Sam gets hurt, you definitely see that shift. Yeah. She was just mad all the time before, but that's because they had broken up. So I guess in mm-hmm. hindsight now I, I get why she was so pissed because <laughs> yeah. she's just a teenager. Yeah. Because she's in, she's in a hard spot. Her girlfriend broke up with her. Her girlfriend's in the closet. Her girlfriend has a homophobic mother. All of and that. And she just felt, moved away to Sunnyvale yeah. or Sunnyville. All Sunnyside. of that felt like a very genuine teenage totally. emotion. Oh, and I guess we have to remind ourselves this is 1994. Someone was extra pissed off just because that's how it was in the yeah. 90s, right? <laughs> I mean, we don't know exactly what month of 1994 this is, but like Kurt Cobain could be dead. And oh they're just God. dealing with all of that right now. Everyone's in mourning and like, yeah. they're just like, the world is falling apart. They don't want to deal with the world, but they have to. They're in high yeah. school, which is the worst part of growing up in anyone's life you know what I mean so yeah I get it um but yeah every everyone in this cast was very likable I was a little concerned towards the end that um most of the main cast was gonna live because we got very far into the movie without any of the core I guess core five core yeah. six core five dying and I was like oh okay I mean there are two other movies in the series I guess that could change <laughs> and then no they got ruthlessly slaughtered yeah it was very like a very quick succession once it started it didn't stop and I was I was a little bummed out because I did like the characters a lot and I felt bad for Josh I really was upset when Josh died as well um wait no Josh didn't die sorry uh Simon the other kid the other boy (laughs) yeah Simon (laughs) because Simon was a bro and then Kate her death was just needlessly brutal oh right she was put Um, through that um meat cutter no, it, I think that was a bread slicer. Uh, it was one of those things. I one think, of those right? like one it's of like those deli. scary deli 
machinery. Oh, so dangerous. <laughs> like her skull went through that. And I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah, so that was actually pretty cool. I'll talk about the gore later, yeah. but there was the gore that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they actually did die, I was bummed out because I liked their characters. Yeah. And it's like, they didn't have like a tragic backstory or anything. So you don't need to force a tragic backstory for me to like characters. Just make them likable. Yeah, just give them a pretty fun personality and like develop them as we go along. And then that's really what build their friendships because i think that's what really helped this movie was it had like a very tight knit group of friends yes yeah absolutely that's something that i think you miss a lot of the times because there's just like the last person alive and they're just like almost kind of solo and they really like don't Mm -hmm. care that their friends are dying because they're not best friends but these people were all best friends (laughs) or siblings so that definitely like raised the stakes a lot definitely uh but moving on into stories since we've been dabbling in that so basically shady side is this town that was cursed by a witch named sarah fear and every few years or so someone in the town just snaps and goes on a murder spree allegedly (laughs) uh but it's later revealed or figured out by josh that Sarah's ghost is actually possessing these people and using them to enact her murders. And she is after Sam because she saw her. That's, that's the basic gist. Yes. Yes. And when we got to that twist, I was intrigued because I thought this was just going to be a straight up slasher, Mm -hmm. but I think they're using the paranormal aspect of it very well yeah definitely agree um because at a certain point with with the slasher there's only so many things you can just like keep doing over and over Mm -hmm. again so they're like let's like infuse something else that is current which is the paranormal um Mm -hmm. and witches and stuff like that and let's infuse it and connect it to the slasher and like what better way to do that is to just um make the witch possess people demonically and make them a slasher killer so like that it really they make it work instead of it being too much they make it work yeah it's pretty cool and it's kind of cool that as the story progresses and she starts getting more aggressive the other bodies she has possessed in the past start coming back Mm -hmm. and that just adds a whole new level of intensity and creepiness because every person that she has possessed before has their own little gimmick yeah like i think my favorite one which i wish we had a movie for is the uh, girl from the 1950s yeah i i was hoping that there wasn't I, th- I thought that she might be the one that was in this 1966 or <laughs> but no they said she was in the 50s and i was like shit why don't they do a movie yeah. about her but um, the um but yeah i thought i liked her a lot the axe man was really cool um, th- those were the two prominent ones aside from the um the scream not yes. <laughs> yeah go- not to go space skull face <laughs> but, which it kind of works yeah. i mean they could have very easily just used the scream costume because i'm 90 percent sure that was a pre-existing halloween costume before Ooh. oh oh is it how's the storm good there's a big lightning and then a big yeah. thunder <laughs> 
So I paused as, <laughs> you, as you should. <laughs> as, yeah, absolutely. As you should. Uh, because, well, wasn't the yeah. screen costume a pre-existing Halloween costume? If it was, that's crazy. Cause I, I was, I'm not sure it could have been. And you know what? If it was, I'm sure that that would make the movie scream all the more terrifying to watch. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the costume they chose was a good homage to that. And it did fit the time period because I'm I'm pretty sure that was a pre-existing Halloween costume in the 90s. And Wes Craven was just like, this is scary. Yeah. And you know what it is? And that, well, that's, yeah, that's the point. Exactly, Sam, is that um you just use whatever costume is at the store. And so that's what he used, which was the skull costume in this movie. Just like um, um, yeah, Michael Myers took that Captain Kirk mask and spray painted it and hollowed out the eyes. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> I assume it's canon that Michael Myers did that himself. It wasn't just a mask he found. It's canon now. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I'm making it canon. Yeah, you should, because I, I don't even know if we know about where he gets the mask it just is he takes it and it's just kind of there well this doesn't confirm whether or not the costume originally existed but uh yeah during production Ghostface signature black robe was going to be white to make him appear even more like a ghost this was changed in fear of people comparing the costume to those of the kkk <laughs> yeah and thinking about it now it would look fucking ridiculous it would white you can't hide in the dark wearing white <laughs> no. billy loomis yeah, and then if you're running around in the white, it, it's just like it's it's like comical <laughs> almost. You don't want to see like a person dressed up as a spooky ghost in like a white sheet, because um, that's like that's like uh, people will fucking laugh at you. You want to be scary? Yeah, so definitely yeah. cool with the costume. Uh, they try so after the whole as we discussed after the whole accident where Dina accidentally causes the car to go off the road after she has like a vision and her nose starts bleeding they drop the Gatorade uh, keg on the car she's hell-bent on making sure Sam is all right and so she and her friends go to the hospital where it's revealed that they have like a deal with the nurse there who sells them like Ben's so Benadryl's (laughs) and other illegal drugs i don't know adderall and stuff whatever the kids like to take in high school to help them focus 1994 probably adderall yeah gen xers ruining it for the rest of us yeah (laughs) (laughs) because they'll only give adderall out in like 30 day increments oh yeah because the resale value of them um not that i know from experience Um, but yeah, that, that happens. But wait, Sam, do we like know why Dina has a vision and her nose bleeds? Did I miss anything? I don't necessarily think so because I don't want to get into the other movies. We're focusing on 1994 right now. Yeah. I can't remember. Sam touched the bones and that's why she had, why she's connected to the witch Mm -hmm. or will be connected to the witch later on in the movie. Yeah, but Dina had the nosebleed even before she touched the bones. So I don't know if that is talked about in another um, movie. It, it might be. It might be connected in okay. later movies. Okay, sounds um, good. But her nose starts bleeding and 
the hospitals where shit starts to hit the fan because Mm -hmm. the killers are after them. Yes. Or at this point, killer. Mm -hmm. And we get some nice brutal slaughters of the nursing staff. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. And, uh, you know, please respect your nurses. They are very undervalued in this pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) Just just FYI, we are in a staffing crisis for nurses because everybody fucking sucks. Yeah. And they don't want to work anymore. Not not that the nurse not the nurse is sucking. Everybody else in this country who's not a nurse. Yes, they they suck. (laughs) Some clarification. Yes. (laughs) You all suck. You're not a nurse. Um but yeah, so we, we see these things happening in the hospital and what happens next? There there's a lot of action that happens i remember simon getting split up from the group uh-huh. and that's where he runs into the 1950s girl who tries to kill him but it's not because she wants to kill him it's because she's got sam's blood on it he's got sam's blood on him oh right right or was that at the police station they go to the police station at some <laughs> point to oh yeah they go to the police station to report like um it was the it was the kid that killed maya hawk and the mm-hmm. sheriff is like but I killed the guy who killed Maya Hawk. Like, You're crazy. No. Yeah. And everybody else is like, well, there's like five bodies at the hospital if you don't believe us. Right. And then they steal the guy's gun. <laughs> they steal yep. like the cop's gun. I was like, whoa. It's, they steal the gun, which is a smart move. Yeah. Or it would be if these weren't undead humans already. Right. Yes. It, it, I guess it does slow them down. Mm-hmm. Eventually we get back to Dina's house and they start establishing more of the lore and putting the pieces back together that some of these people that they're fighting off are undead and possessed and possibly possessed by Sarah fear. Right. And they read like some of the curse, some of the like history surrounding it and how Sarah fear cut off her hand to separate it from her body. And the only way to allegedly break the curse is to put her hand with the rest of her body. I see. Okay. At its original resting site. Right. Which they do. Mm-hmm. Point Sam touches the bones, which kind of marks her as the target yes. for the ghosts. And then we have this whole ordeal of trying to protect Sam, which leads to them trying to fit like at the school. They're like, okay, I guess she just has to sacrifice herself, shrug. And right before she dies, Josh is like, wait, this one person said she also saw the face of the witch, but she survived. Right. How did she survive? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they like call her up. Like, they call her right on then. the landline. <laughs> yeah. With the yellow pages to find her number. Hashtag throwback. Yeah. And then they have to leave a message because she fucking doesn't answer the phone, which is yeah. shit. <laughs> and then um, Josh reads the article and puts together that this person died, but was brought back to life. So what if we kill uh, Sam, and then immediately resuscitate her. Mm-hmm. And then the curse will be broken because yeah. she had died because there's like the little saying that they keep saying, and she'll only follow you until you're dead. But they don't say, what if you're dead and resuscitated? Yeah. And then they go to the pharmacy and the drug dealers use their skill set to put together the perfect concoction of pills to help her overdose. Yes, but even that goes awry whenever they're getting attacked by the undead. So they have to kind of ditch that plan. And then Dina and Sam run her. At this point, they're in a grocery store slash pharmacy. 
so they're running around and then the grocery store has like a little tank with like one little lonely lobster yeah. and uh, I was like oh what are they gonna do have her eat I really I'm so dumb I thought that they were gonna have her like eat the lobster if she was allergic to shellfish oh, but then that would have been <laughs> that's really what I thought at first um and then I told you it's been a long stupid. yeah it's been a long week but then they ran out and I was like oh they're gonna drown her um in the tank so that's what they did they did and uh you <laughs> skipped over the awesome fight sequence that kate has with the uh oh, shit. is it with the axe no it's with the, it's the with skull, the skull, guy. skull guy yeah because that was a great <laughs> little action sequence i was really rooting for her but then her skull gets put through a meat grinder which maybe that wouldn't be the most pain not bread slicer not meat grinder maybe that wouldn't be the most painful way to go after a couple minutes because god it's going (laughs) straight through your brain so yeah yeah this is true so it's hard to say if that would hurt really bad or just hurt for a moment it's not like getting shot in the head where it's like instantaneous it's like grinding through your your bones and it's not supposed to cut something like that so it might hurt a little bit that was a very it's pretty messed up very gruesome pretty cool though very different because we didn't see that use yeah. of that kind of a tool to kill a whole lot. We just see, you know, a knife or a gun or whatever. And then Josh and Simon see that Kate's dead and Josh is all sad because that's the girl he just lost his virginity to. Did they have sex? Oh I, they did something. They at least did some hand stuff. <laughs> yeah, because when they came out, they said we barely made it to first base. And I was like, isn't first base like kissing? <laughs> so I don't even know what the fuck like I don't know it depends who you ask apparently I'm a slut because I thought like second base was blowjobs but I don't even know what the bases even mean and at this point I wasn't sure what was happening with them because I still thought he was like 12 yeah (laughs) oh man it wasn't until they came out of the bathrooms and when everyone was like oh did everybody like have sex and they're like yeah and I was like they did I was like I okay so, All right. So for according to Urban Dictionary, oh, first base is kiss slash make out. Second base is feel up the breast, fingering <laughs> or a hand job. I guess all of those. That's a lot of different things. I mean, just base. just heavy petting in general. I Third gotcha. base is oral stimulation. And then a home run is sex. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. I suppose there would be four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Great. And then a bunt is having to masturbate since you can't get any action. Fuck, I've never heard of that before. Is that a new thing? These are just on Urban Dictionary. Based Losers. on balls, <laughs> accidentally brushing up against a woman's breasts. Uh, hit for the cycle, reaching first base, second base, third base, and home plate all in one night. <laughs> Double play, hooking up with two girls in one night. Triple play, hooking up with three girls in one night. God. Uh, dictionary good times speaking of traumatic things from college uh yik yak is coming back i'm not sure if that was a thing you got to experience in college you know what um yik yik yak was it was used um it wasn't used by me but it was used by other like people that i was associated with with student government and um they used it, but I, I never did. So like, I never got to experience it. And I heard only bad things about it. Yeah, when it I kind have, of like became defunct. Yeah. 
I avoided it. What do you, what is it? What, what do you do? It's a completely it? anonymous like text app where you just like talk <laughs> shit about each other. Great idea. (laughs) So I'm glad we're bringing that back the first year. Everybody's returning to kind of a normal college life Delta variant. Yeah. um, Pending. I know. Yeah. I um, have a mask mandate at my campus. I'll mask for everybody inside starting yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) But um, onward, they successfully kill and revive Sam. Um, go back home. Hold up. Or- okay, listen. They're trying to revive Sam. Okay, she just drowned, and then they immediately pull her out. Oh yeah, so- they used epipens, like so many epipens, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. There's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, do CPR first. You're gonna make her have a fucking heart attack. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. Jesus I was Christ. like, he's like, you're stabbing forty adrenaline pens in her body. This right is her left chest. Her dead. I was like, oh my God, you're going to, she will die now. I thought she might just die because of that, because they're just being, acting like idiots. And I was like, no, 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 you have to do CPR because there's water in her lungs. Jesus. Okay. I'm glad that you noticed that too. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, joke. But you're right. And then they go to the police station and come up with a story with the sheriff that it was all Kate and Simon because they were drug dealers and the junkies got angry and just ran her head through a fucking bread slicer. Right, exactly. Which is sad, but gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, Uh, yeah, exactly. We encounter Sam's homophobic mom and Sam chooses Dina over her homophobic mom and they go home and cuddle. (laughs) But oh no, Sam's been possessed by the witch now. Oh, damn. So Dina's able to fight her and bound and gag her because she's like, I'm not going to let this happen to you. We're going to figure out what to do. And finally, the survivor of the 1978 attacks got back to her or she got back to her moments before Sam tried to kill her. Mm-hmm. It's like, it'll never be over. <laughs> of course, one of those. So, um, And but, then they take yeah. Sam to her house and she's like, Oh, let me tell you what happened in 1978, if you're so curious. Yeah, so that's actually pretty cool. And now we know that um, that that's such a cool thing, because in this first movie, I, I thought that one of the girls was going to be killed, and I didn't know which one. But we're starting to see this emerge more and more, is that we're, we have a pair of final girls that are left mm-hmm. alive lately. Um, the same thing happened in that one really cool movie that you had me watch, and it was about the like scary amusement park during Halloween. Yeah. And, um, Which it's nice to know we're moving away from that final girl. Yeah. Now we're having a pair of final girls. We're having girls that are having sex. We're having final boys, you know, things like of that nature. So we're kind of evolving, but we're still maintaining that traditional final, you know, person. So there, yeah. there's at least one survivor still, which is yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, I thought that was super neat. And I love the fact that we're able to talk to another final girl to like, kind of listen to her story, which is going to be the next movie, um, in the seventies, which seems that it's going to be paying homage to Friday the 13th and that kind of thing, being at a summer camp with a guy in the woods with a ax. Yeah. And I think I said, yep, super cool. I'm into it because whenever we did see him in the supermarket with the other you know like ghosty killers and stuff 
like he was one of those guys that was actually running at full speed and I love to see it I hate mm-hmm. lumbering giants these days give me men who are huge and run <laughs> yeah instead that's awesome which like I'm glad Scream introduced that like serial killers do probably run because love Michael love <laughs> Jason to an extent Mm-hmm. Uh, but I yeah. think I'm pretty sure Freddie ran, but Freddie doesn't count because he can do whatever the fuck he wants. That's true. Yeah. He's but, just like in your dream. <laughs> You're never safe. But it's just, and I love them, but I hate the fucking jokes you get from non-horror fans of, well, how do they get from place to place so fast? And yeah, exactly. Obviously kind of they're wearing up. Heelys, Michaela. <laughs> yeah. Obvi, they just can, you know, not teleport, but like they could just appear in different places, yeah. but but no, it, ma- it makes the killers feel more human rather than supernatural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even you when we're forget. getting like an actual like supernatural slasher film here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have that and we still have the aspect of I want to see them run at full speed because they want to catch you. So that's what I like to see. Especially Billy Loomis and whoever Matthew Lillard played in that movie. Stu Mocker um, and Stu was fucking huge and he would fucking run at you but Sydney was fast too so a lot of that movie was just running (laughs) for your life so that's pretty cool realism which speaking of the Scream re-release is that AMC exclusive actually Tim and I are going to see it at a Cinemark Cinemark I don't even know what the fuck that is it's because a, I tried finding it, but it, it's not a regal release, so I I'm not gonna be able to go see it, especially if it's at a fucking Cinemark. Yeah, I I didn't know it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be an AMC too. To I, I I was surprised that Tim actually found tickets in Pittsburgh, but he found them like for us yesterday, and he bought them. And I was like, he was like, yeah, it's at a theater, and there's a place called Monroeville around here. And I was like, well, what theater? AMC? And he was like, Cinemark. <laughs> I haven't thought about a Cinemark for like 10 years and yeah, I guess they're still around. Nothing to write him like about. I'm, I'm very upset because I am going to start seeing more Regal like Fathom events, which are the anniversary mm-hmm. showing. So it's yeah. upsetting that I can't go see Scream because Regal's not doing that one. Yeah, but AMC's not doing the Fathom events. It's a fucking Cinemark. I don't know what the fuck that's about. But... Oh, yeah. Regal is doing one for Silence of the Lambs. So maybe I'll finally see Silence of the Lambs. You've never seen Silence? I've never seen Silence. Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess we probably have talked about this a couple of times um, in the past, but I, I keep like forgetting if you had like just watched it. Um, oh, no, wait. There's tickets for the Scream anniversary. Yay. Yay, Sam. <laughs> Ooh, that means we'll be seeing it maybe on the same day. Maybe. What day? What day? I might try for the Monday because that is the weekend we will be coming back from my play premiere in Columbus, Ohio. So is it going to be the 11th? Yes. Me too. That's when we're seeing it too. Oh my God. We're going to be like together, but like in separate theaters. So it's going to be really special. Yeah. Now all I have to do is buy the 645 tickets if they're available and then it'll be like, yeah, we're in the same place at the same time. Mine will be at a seven. So close oh, enough. That's pretty close, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've never seen Silence of the Lambs, and they're doing a uh, 30th anniversary screening. Excellent. So maybe I'll just uh, finally see it. They're also doing a 40th anniversary screening for Evil Dead and 45th for Carrie. Dang, I would go see Evil Dead. Um, 
I would too, but David and I are going to be in Columbus, Ohio that night for my play premiere. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I already looked it up and there's no regal cinema showing it up in Columbus. The Silence of the Lambs is having, what is it, the 20th anniversary? 30th. 30th anniversary. Yeah, that's right. The 90s were 30 years ago. Jesus, you're right, Sam. My God. Where can I see it? Okay, Fathom Events. Okay, so I'll see if I can also go see the Sons of the Lambs 2. It looks like tickets on sale now, Sunday for October 17th and Wednesday, October 20th. So like two different random dates. Yeah. Cool. Which date are you going? I'll figure it out when David gets home because I do like to check with him to see if he wants to see these movies with me. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will be so thrilled to um, hear what you have to say about it since it's your first time and you're actually going to be blessed to see it on the big screen. Yeah, that's I, that's, so cool. that's really what I've been waiting for. It hasn't just been um, <laughs> obnoxious refusal. <laughs> no, this is this is so cool and. Um, Wow, what an exciting uh, October we're going to have. And it'll <laughs> be like cool David's movies. mom. The first time she ever saw The Shining was, I guess, two years now. Yeah. Two years ago at the uh, 4K uh, re-release. Yeah, that was 2019. I remember I was out seeing that too. Yeah, and uh, I guess she had never seen it or any other in Stanley Kubrick film because on the way Whoa. home, she was like, I don't know who filmed that, but he sure knows how to direct. Really knows how to set up a shot. And I yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah. shit. <laughs> Did she get like freaked out? <laughs> no, she she didn't. She because The Shining's not like ah scary. Did she feel disturbed at any mo- at any point? It was disturbing things. Probably, but yeah. um, I was more disturbed that there was somebody in this universe who didn't know one of the greatest visionary directors. Uh, like she really didn't know that that yeah. was like a Kubrick film. Yeah. Got it. Got you. Um, but yeah, moving on to production. Tell me about the gore, Stormy. Oh, you know what? There was really excellent gore. So um, we had gore that was happening randomly to these kids when they were getting, you know, nosebleeds or getting car wrecks. You know, we actually had blood on the faces of, um, you know, these kids. And then we didn't get into kills, like Sam said, until maybe like the last... I'm going to say the last 30 minutes, which is to be expected. But when they happened, they really were, they were quick and they were, um, especially the one with the deli slicer thing, you know, they're very inventive and they liked to show everything that was happening. And I can absolutely um, be down for something like that, especially they, they, they must've had a great budget because it didn't look like shit. It didn't look like Mm -hmm. crappy CGI. It looked really, really cool. Um, And with the, illusion of the neon lights and you know being in a store after dark because you work there it really just gives you this really eerie super dark look and that just kind of amplifies how the blood looks and i i i really enjoyed the gore so thank you sam that's my show i don't have i have a lot more production notes for the next two installments uh but for this one my big one was a continuity issue yeah this takes place in 1994 and Josh was using AOL Instant Messenger and AOL Instant Messenger did not come out until 1997. Oh shit. <laughs> I am calling you out. That's true. You know what? Yeah, I didn't start using AOL until yeah, probably 2002 or some shit Which, when I was had a computer. RIP AOL Instant Messenger, RIP MySpace. 
RIP the olden days of the internet where we were just cyberbullying each other and catfishing each other. Yeah. Literally ranking our friends publicly. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, ranking our friends so they saw it too. <laughs> Changing it every week so it was different. Like, what? But it, everyone was cool with it though, so... God damn, no wonder elder millennials aren't so sensitive. No. <laughs> we went through it. Um, you would be in my top eight, though. Aw, thanks, Sam. You'd be in my top eight, too. <laughs> I love how you get, you like, sometimes if you're like, I have too many friends, so you end up putting your whole friends list in your top, like, 36. Yeah, when they, <laughs> when MySpace was like, you know what, this top eight is very aggressive. Let's let them have the choice between a top eight, a top 12, a top 24 or top 36 <laughs> because people couldn't fucking handle it. I know. Cause they would just give now like, Oh, I still don't know your top four. It's like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Good times. Good times. I know. Right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm messaging Tim about the Sansa of lambs event because him and I have to go to that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that was my only production note because that is kind of a continuity error. Yes. And I wouldn't have noticed if David hadn't come in while I started the movie and was like, did they have instant messengers back in 94? Because Damn, David would be the one to notice that shit too. <laughs> yeah, because I was kind of sus of the computer in general. The fact that they even had a home computer in 1994. Yeah, that is that, a rarity. Because Dina and her family are kind of established to be a little poorer. And yeah, home so computers she... in the 90s were very, very uncommon. Item, yeah. And especially to have dial-up internet. Like, it wasn't just kick on the Wi-Fi and hope for the best. It was, you, you can't use the fucking... Wait. Another phone. Another continuity error. <laughs> to use the phone and the computer at the same time. Because, you can't do that. Because at the end of the movie, <laughs> what's-her-face calls... But he's already on the computer using instant messenger. Oh my god. But that god, wouldn't dude. have worked because you can't use the phone unless they had two phone lines. Shit. There's I'm no way they would have two phone lines, Sam, because that would be a luxury item too. That would be like the most <laughs> extreme luxury item. Extreme luxury item. I am going to I am going into the IMDB trivia section oh. tonight and typing in goofs. You have to. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> but anyway, you know, um, other than those minor things, which nobody but David and I are going to notice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, it did. It felt fine. Like I said, my more critical production notes have to do with 1978 and 1666 with just how they could have stylized them better. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I think they did like stylize it very well to fit the 90s, especially with like the neon, the costuming. Yeah. The technology, um, it never felt like, and they were also like not over the top with the 90s references. My problem with um, the most recent Stranger Things season Mm -hmm. is it's starting to get a little too. It's too much. It's too in your face. It's too like nostalgic, but it's just like, it's just too 80s. This is 80s all the time. And don't forget that this is the 80s. It's like, dude. Yeah. I know. I know. It's, I'm going to have to do a rewatch since season four isn't coming out until next year at this point, but it will be interesting to see how like the beat the nostalgia into your face 
progressed through the first three seasons because the mm-hmm. first one I didn't think was that bad. I thought it was a nice little homage to the, to the eighties. Like, right. But then come season three, it's like, I'm having myself a new Coke because sometimes I enjoy the flavor of new Coke. Yeah. We don't want that. Yeah. But I thought they did a really great job with actually making it feel like real world stuff because in the nineties, you're not going to constantly reference your super Nintendo game system. Yeah. You're really not. Yeah. You'll invite your friend over to play it, but you're not going to have a 20 minute monologue about why the Super Nintendo yeah. is the best gaming console. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And I'm glad that this movie like didn't go for that. Um, so it wasn't 90s in your face. It was just set in the 90s. And that's yeah. it with that. Yep, yep, yep. But that is all I have. I would give this movie an ah, yeah, it fucked me up because it was a good time. Yes, I would definitely uh, agree with the oh yeah, fuck me up because this movie did one thing uh, that sets it apart from other slasher movies and the gay people are not dead. So this is what we like to see, especially women too. Yeah, it gives me hope for, I know this team isn't behind Scream 5, but it gives me hope for what we could see in Scream 5. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just more diversity because even in Scream 4, we didn't have a whole lot of diversity no no we didn't but yeah scream four <laughs> did we was... cover scream four already yes we covered scream four Shit. yeah i guess you're right that's the only one in the franchise we've done really yeah huh we should do them all when they cut when jesus gives them to us <laughs> yeah yeah you're right you're right it's always a few and far between when you see the scream on the uh, netflix yep you know what? Um, I haven't even looked through the Netflix movies lately, and I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> really busy, but there's probably a gazillion new horror movies on there. That's fine. We got our next two-ish movies picked out and maybe a third one. We'll talk about that off mic. All right. Well, thank you, Jesus. Um, oh, yeah. Fuck me up. Realistic aspects um, would be being gay in the 90s and being closeted. Yeah. Um, and then like having your girlfriend be not closeted, that would totally be a shit situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be tough to really come out at that time. Uh, let's see. Not being believed when there are five bodies. Yeah. <laughs> in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, living in a place called Shady Side, where all the shady people live, and then the Sunnyvale, it, it, there's like this like very clear class divide. So like that's a realistic aspect too. Um, and then just the idea of a town being cursed by a witch, you know, getting killed at the mall when you're trying to go home for the night. That that yeah. would suck. <laughs> uh, and then that's 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 pretty much it. Um, you know all the other stuff just kind of goes with the movie so but those are the big things yep and we will be back next week with no mini sewed but to talk about part two 1978 excellent yes because we already know we're watching all three so that means in the background i can finish watching jesus am i really on season six of the vampire diaries i think i am oh god i'm gonna have to catch up to you (laughs) I think, yeah, I think I started the new season, Sam, and I can't stop. It's so good. Oh, I'm going to have to catch up with you. We're going to have yeah. Did you start the new season? Oh, my God. Not yet. <laughs> you got to start it. It's so cool. I'll work on it tomorrow. 
yeah, before yeah. and after I go see the movie I'm seeing in the afternoon. Yeah, I noticed that you were going to view. Wait, what are you? What movie are you seeing tomorrow? I am going to see tomorrow, The Night House, which sounds like a horror movie, but I haven't heard of it. Well, cool, cool. I will uh, really take a look at your Instagram thing and see if it's cool. Awesome, The Night House. That sounds cool. <clears throat> all right. Well, anyway, I have the outro notes. If we're all we're all squared away. I'm all squared away. You all squared away? I'm all squared away. <laughs> all right, cool. So Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. And today in this movie, we learned that you really should not throw the Gatorade bucket at the car. <laughs> no, that was never a good idea. <laughs> Don't open the back of the school bus because that's bad. That's like really bad to do. Don't you get nervous thinking about doing that? Like open the school bus door when it's driving Ugh, okay anyway don't do that uh like what you hear you can find real horror show on spotify tune in google play store stitcher itunes and pandora really really like what you hear follow us on twitter at horror show pod or search for real horror show on twitter follow us on facebook at real horror show like our page and share our stuff we also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. Want to interact with us? <clears throat> Excuse me. Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wish list. If you feel like buying us something tangible, will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, you can uh, find the buy us a coffee button on our website. It's a button you can click that will pay us the amount that you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. And any other pertinent news? I don't think so. Um... Issue 19 of Baron Magazine, which I do web management for, comes out tomorrow, August 20th. So by the time this episode's out, it should be live. Excellent. That's awesome. Yeah. And Sam has been talking about her, um, her, her play uh, that's going to be um, performed in October. And also keep an eye out for all the really cool Fathom events, all these like movie re-releases in your theaters. That's going to be happening in October and stuff like that, too. So it's going to be a really excellent fall. Hopefully just, you know, keep your mask on and stuff and we shall get through it okay. Fingers crossed. Hell yeah. All right. Well, our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Thank you. Fuck off and have a swell evening. And this is Real Horror Show signing off. Bye. Bye, buddy. I love the creepy doll that always follows